0: Welcome to the 5th Chakra Podcast, the podcast dedicated to all things self-expression and channeling your voice. I'm your host, Sierra Jamerson. I'm a holistic vocal coach, singer, songwriter, and multi-passionate creative. My interests lie at the intersection of spirituality, psychology, music, art, self-care, and culture. So that's what we talk about on the podcast. I'm glad to have you here. Listener once asked me, hey, Sierra, what does it mean to live in principle with or in tune with the divine feminine? What does that look like? How do we do that? They said, you know, you're creating this podcast. I, I like the things you're saying, but this is something I'd really like to know your thoughts on. And I was like, oh, wow, you are so Right. Uh, and then I laugh like I'm laughing now because there's so much to unpack with that. And I don't, um, I don't have the same views on what divine masculinity and divine femininity and the divine masculine principle is Compared to most of the Instagram influencers and new age spiritual gurus you might see um, out there. And I'm going to break this down for you. So first off, a disclaimer. Um, when I use terms like divine femininity, divine masculinity, um. I am not specifically speaking about women and men. I think that a lot of people with potentially nefarious uh, goals use those principles uh, in a way that really is just rehashing like traditional gender roles and patriarchy but putting like a hippy-dippy-woo-woo sprinkle on it. But it's the same old puritanical, toxic garbage that we've been dealing with for centuries just underneath a different package. And I don't think that's helpful and I don't think that's liberatory. So that's the first disclaimer. Uh, The second disclaimer is... I only speak for myself. I can't tell other people how they should live their lives, what things should mean to them. I I can't, and I'm not in the business of telling people how to live. I wouldn't want to do that even if I could. Oh, there's some sirens outside. Of course. I hope whoever, I hope wherever those ambulances are going that things are okay. But, anyways, (laughs) anyways, so that's the second disclaimer. Um, What I think I'd like to start off with is you have to understand that um, everyone has masculinity and femininity inside of them. It's a spectrum, right? We're human beings. We have all of that inside of us. We contain multitudes. There is this weird expectation in spiritual circles that I see that women are supposed to embody the divine feminine and men are supposed to embody the divine masculine and women are supposed to rest in their feminine and be receptive and passive and submissive and... People use this to explain relationship dynamics. And it just seems so toxic and disgusting to me. I don't think that that is really what this is all supposed to be about. But of course, I think of things, um, one, as a feminist. And two, um, from a more spiritual perspective than even these people who claim to be spiritual. And... This is just this really is just how I see things. I I share this because I'm here to communicate and share my thoughts, but you should never look to me as some sort of a guru. I don't think you should ever look for a guru. You are your own guru. You have your own knowledge, and if you are looking for a guru, I can't be that person for you, and frankly, I'm not even qualified to do it. So, Traditionally, in different cultures, and different pre-Judeo-Christian faiths, um, the principle of the divine feminine is very connected to, to motherhood, um, to the cisgender female body, um, being a receptive partner, nurturing, connecting to one's intuition, softness, gentleness, etc., And while I think that all of those things are lovely, I don't think that embodying the divine feminine principle means that you suddenly have to become a passive or submissive or receptive person, especially if you are a woman like myself who is not those things. Uh, Divine feminine principles for me, they are embodied in the archetypes of the many, many goddesses across the world and across time, um, some goddesses that have, whose archetypes have really meant a lot to me, have been goddesses like uh, Kali Yuga, Hecate, Isis, Yemaya, Oshun, and All of these goddesses, they embody different principles. So there are dark goddesses, goddesses um, who represent the destructive power that leads to transformation and rebirth. The death before the life, the night before the dawn. There are goddesses of wisdom like Athena. There are goddesses of war like Freya. And those goddesses, those goddess archetypes, They serve to help traditional peoples throughout history understand the role of women, yes, but also to understand the balance of things in nature. So, when we're told that to embody the divine feminine, we have to be passive, to me, that doesn't make sense in a world where, you know, the goddess Kalima is cutting the heads off of demons. That's not very passive of you. Uh, another thing that's not very passive is giving birth. This is not something I personally have done. But I've seen it happen. And it doesn't strike me as a particularly relaxing event. In many ancient societies, women were, who were giving birth were regarded at the same level of esteem as warriors because they faced death. In order to give life. Now that's a divine feminine principle. Walking through the valley of the shadow of death. In order to give life. It's interesting because I think it's become so commonplace. um, In our society with our medical advancements. That we tend to forget how dangerous giving birth actually is. Although there are countries where. It is still shamefully dangerous for women to give birth. And I think we've forgotten that um, women truly are portals between life and death. We straddle that line so deeply when we are in in that moment, in that delivery. But again, I've also seen people say this and use this in a very manipulative way where people are left feeling like if they have not given birth or they cannot give birth that they're not truly women. And I think that is very very destructive and I notice that it's a lot of men who um share that message. Not completely, of course, but I've seen it a lot. I find it very disturbing. It's not necessarily about your ability to give birth to a literal child, but a divine feminine principle is creation. Creation in a different way. Creation by tapping into one's intuition, by embodying that intuition, by grounding into that intuition. Now, every being has masculine and feminine principles. So, Men and people of all genders can do this too. We were all born with intuition, although many of us choose to shut it off. So I guess I would say tackling or embodying your intuition, connecting with your intuition is a way to live a divine feminine principle. Another way I would say I try and live in tune with the divine feminine is by focusing my spirituality on femininity by worshiping what is feminine as sacred by centering femininity in my lives or in my life sorry so I center femininity in my life through my friendships I have friends who are men but my deepest friendships are with women and then the other friendships that I have are friendships with men who embody a feminine principle in themselves and people of other genders who embody a feminine principle in themselves who are maybe more in tune with that more connected with that so I center that I honor that uh I center femininity in my home so, and of course, a lot of this is really based on stereotypes. So you ha- really have to pick through it to get to the meat and spit out the bones and you should never take anything that doesn't serve you. But for me, in my home, I'm inspired by things that are close to nature because Mother Earth is the great mother. She is what gives us life. And me being, uh, having... Th- at least three planets in Virgo. Like I'm very, I'm very earth and air dominated in my astrology. So being close to nature is a big part of just who I am. And I bring that into my home because of course I can't always be close to flowers living where I do when it's, you know, winter 80% of the year. (laughs) Uh, Although winter has her own beauty. Uh, So that's how I bring the feminine principle into my home with decorations from nature, with flowers, with natural woods, with things that are soothing to my senses, that help ground me, that help remind me that I am also a part of nature. Um, Things that are soft, colors from nature, artwork. There's lots of flowers and plants in my home. Natural fabrics, natural colors, that kind of thing. Um, having little small animal companions, uh, that helps me connect to femininity because I give my little love to them. You know, they're, I'm their, I'm their mommy. I I nurture them. I care for them the way I nurture and care for my plants. So I've got my, my little kittens and the love that I give to them, the way that I care for them, that helps me connect to that nurturing side of myself. Because, you know, it can be hard to connect to that if you aren't in a position to give love and care and nurturance to people in your everyday life. An example of people who are able to give care and nurturing in their everyday life are nurses or teachers or people who are giving Of surface, people who work with children, people who work with the elderly, or who work in nature, or do things where they're serving clients, helping people heal. Those are people who are able to nurture a lot. And connecting to that is another way that you can connect to a divine feminine principle. This episode is brought to you by me. (laughs) I am my own sponsor, which means nobody can tell me what I can and cannot say. (laughs) If you like this episode or you've resonated with something on this podcast please consider giving it a five star rating or writing a positive review or even just sharing it with a friend the more ratings and reviews and shares that it gets the more i'm able to spread this message with others and hopefully do some good in the world now where was i I center the divine feminine and femininity in my life through the way that I worship. Um, I hold, like I've said, I hold Mother Earth as the most sacred, but I also, I hold the goddess close to my heart and all her manifold faces and ways of manifestation, ways of manifesting all of her different cultural beings. I hold her close to my heart that's sacred to me I I worship a deity or deities I worship in a spiritual way where what I lift up looks like me and in doing so I'm reminded that I am sacred as well that that energy that gift that power that strength is within me and is within all of the women in my life and the more that I center my mind on the sacredness of the goddess, the more I see her in so many people, in the powerful, brave women in my life, in the way that they take care of their children, in children themselves. I I see it in the softness of a man who cares for you, in tenderness of connection, in moments of peace i I see her and I know her, and i 'm centered towards her. I also try and embody divine feminine principles and center femininity in my life uh, through the work that I do with young people, like It is really a blessing for me to be an auntie. Uh, a spiritual auntie a metaphorical auntie to so many young people in my community to give them that love and that care and that nurturing and that guidance that helps really keep me in the flow with the divine feminine because I draw upon again that strength that I identify as a woman to do that nurturing and caring and giving and of course Like I've said once, but I'll keep saying it again because I don't want anyone to get confused. You do not have to be a woman to feel that way or to do that because we all have masculinity and femininity and everything else in between and outside of within us. Other ways that I try and embody the divine feminine is through sensuality. Um... Being connected to my own body, to my own sensuality, to my own sexuality, to pleasure and to art and to beauty. Uh, Those are ways that are very, very important to me to live those principles. At that point, we're talking more of like a Venus Aphrodite energy, and Aphrodite is not a goddess that I knew very much of. I mean, I studied her in school like everyone else who went through the Canadian public school system, but um, (laughs) I didn't know too much about her, and only in recent times have I been starting to connect with her energy and her mythology and her archetype and principle, but surrounding myself with beauty, with softness, with and I'm not talking about softness, like emotionally or like having a soft touch, but like soft fabrics, pillows, feathers, things that make you feel beautiful, dresses that you can spin around and flow in, jewels, even things like makeup, jewelry, making myself feel beautiful, uh, looking in the mirror and affirming myself, talking about how much I love myself. And frankly, sometimes with self-love, you gotta fake it till you make it, but that is okay. (laughs) But it's how I help embody a feminine principle in my own life. And maybe that's something that can help you. Uh, I embody the divine feminine and feminine principles in my life through my activism, through my advocacy. I I am a feminist and I will never apologize for being one. I care about the rights of women and children throughout the globe. I care about equality for women and children, for people all across the world, regardless of their gender. But I care because women have been an oppressed class for millennia. I read the work of female scholars, of feminist thinkers. I read the stories written by female authors. I listen to female artists and musicians. I look at female paintings. I study female leaders, female historical figures. I learn the story of queens and princesses who did incredible things, of, of scientists, of writers, of actors, of teachers, of women who have contributed so much to society because half of the story of humanity has really never been told because we've ignored the contributions of women for so long. So I consider it part of my gift, my blessing to be able to learn about those things, to read about those things, to understand I learn and I study from a variety of perspectives. Like I read the work and listen to the voices and stories of women who are completely different from me and completely disagree with me on every single level. Because I know that anytime a woman is sharing her voice, it is contributing to the rise of the goddess of goddess energy and I think it's good to listen to people that you disagree with at times it expands your mind it helps you hold your ideas firmly enough that they motivate you but lightly enough that your mind stays flexible and lastly one of the ways in which I try and embody the feminine principle is by honoring the matriarchy And by that I mean, the goddess is tripartite. She manifests differently as a maiden, a mother, and a crone. And those three stages of a woman's life are represented back towards her in the goddess, right? The maiden when you're young, when you're a girl, when you're youthful. The maiden is innocent and maybe a little naive and concerned with romance and beauty, And the mother, when you begin to develop more wisdom through life experience and through sacrifice and through, you know, evolving and moving into that second role, that second step as a mother. And again, I don't necessarily mean literally. There are millions of women out there who choose not to become literal mothers or perhaps the choice was made for them. And I'm not necessarily talking about mothering children, although children are incredible, wonderful, sacred, special little beings that we are blessed to have loaned to us from Creator. I mean, Mother, in the sense that you start to develop the wisdom and the authority to step into the responsibility for caring and nurturing what is around you, whether that be people, animals, the environment, your principles. It's giving, it's being of service, and that service being so deeply rooted in love and compassion. That's the mother. And then the crone is the wise woman. Falsely maligned is the witch, the medicine woman, the elder, the matriarch, the matriarchal council, the woman who were so full of wisdom that they could see far into the future and foretold what would come to pass. Now, in the past, especially in European societies, the witch hunt had taken away the lives of many many wise women the patriarchy replaced the matriarchy and this was done on purpose we see this still today because as women age they are told that they no longer have any purpose value or meaning to society but the trick is the gag is that is when your wisdom purpose and value to society only increases when you are no longer interested in having your value, your worth as a woman be based off of your desirability from men, you start to see that there's so much more than that, a deeper wisdom that humanity needs to share, needs to, be, needs to hear, needs to have known. And that wisdom lies within women all across this great big planet. Now, I honor that specifically by taking care of my elders, my aunties, my second mothers. You know, I had, um, I had a therapist tell me, and she was an older lady too. She was really wonderful, and she told me that she noticed that I find pieces of mothers everywhere that I can, and I put it together, and that's how I've received nurturing and healing and love in my life um, because for me a lot of those pieces of mothering I could not get for my own mother and so I honor those women who have done that for me I, I respect them I, I care for them I, I make time for them I prioritize them and I listen to them I listen to their wisdom I share their wisdom with the children that I teach My friends, my family, the lovers in my life, I share that wisdom because I'm open to hearing it. I I uplift them. I center them. I I honor them. I treat them as the honorable, high-status, wise women that they are. I, I reaffirm to them all the time how grateful I am for them. And in that way, I honor the divine feminine principle, not only as like a youthful principle, but as she ages. And you know, aging is a privilege. Not everyone gets to do it. And women should be allowed to age naturally and without the pressure of maintaining youth. I really believe that it's only because youth is is correlated to naivete and lack of experience that youth is so prized in women and so maligned in men. Men are allowed to be wise silver foxes and that's still considered sexy but not so for women. But it's also like how long do we have to live under the burden of looking sexy? When do we get to just completely relinquish the need to look anyway? Pretty, prettiness is not the the price of the rent that we pay to take up the space that we exist in in our bodies. We don't owe prettiness to anyone. And at the same time, we can be surrounded by prettiness, by beauty, in such a deeper way and honor the divine feminine principle in that way too. And we can acknowledge that beauty is so much more than just youth. Some of the most beautiful women I have ever met in my life have been wise elder women. And I can only hope to be anywhere near as beautiful as they are as I age. So those are some of the ways that I embody the divine feminine principle in my life. Maybe there's something in here that you have heard and you said, wow, that's interesting. I want to know more about that. Maybe something set off a ping for you. I hope so. And if not, that's okay too. Of course, you take what you, take what you like and then you leave the rest. Um, and I want you to always remember that at the end of the day, I can't tell you how to, divine, how to embody anything, really. I can't tell you how to live in tune with your divine feminine essence. How could I possibly do that? Only you can decide that for you. That's your path and your journey. And you can be influenced and inspired by other people, but do take caution who you listen to, who you uphold as a truth-sayer, as as someone who speaks what must be said, what you internalize. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Someone in my life used to say to me, you never want to be so open-minded that your head falls out. It's important to be open-minded of course but think critically. If someone is telling you how to live or how to be and you feel like the way that they are the the way that they are telling you to live is actually limiting you, oppressing you, bringing you down, making you smaller. Well then, of course you should you should not follow that. You should not acknowledge that whatsoever. And there are people who will try to tell you that to walk a certain path, to live in a certain alignment, to get this healing, to get that healing, to be free, to this, to that, you have to do what they say. And what they say seems like the same old, same old repackage with some love and light. So be careful. Only listen to what feeds your soul, what your spirit knows to be true. Keep your own counsel. Use your own power. I think that's probably the best way you could really and truly embody the divinity of the feminine. Thank you so much for listening to The Fifth Chakra Podcast. Until next time, remember... You don't have to be perfect to be heard. Take care.